0: Engaging Leader, episode 137, The Unplugged Leader, How to Take a Worry-Free Vacation, featuring Mindy McKenzie. your leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, Engagers. With warm summer weather arriving in the Northern Hemisphere, many of us have vacation plans, But what type of vacation will you take? Will it actually refresh you, helping you come back to work with new energy, fresh ideas, and better perspective to help you deliver results that matter? Mm, If you're like most business leaders in the US, when you get back from your vacation, you're gonna need a vacation from your vacation. That's because your vacation is probably only about a week long and you'll spend at least an hour or two every day keeping up with business on your smartphone or laptop. The better vacation is the unplugged vacation according to author and CEO advisor Mindy McKenzie. But everyone is afraid to do it. What if you could take a two-week or even three-week vacation and truly unplug from work without your absence causing any catastrophes back at the office? Well, that's what we'll talk about today with Mindy, how to take an unplugged vacation from work worry-free. Mindy is the author of the new book, The Courage Solution, The Power of Truth-Telling with Your Boss, Your Peers, and Team. Previously, Mindy served as Chief Performance Officer and Chief HR Officer of the liquor giant Jim Beam. Now you're probably thinking, that's where she learned how to take a fun, unplugged vacation. I bet the folks at Jim Beam know how to have a good time. Actually, she learned it before that when she spent five years at Campbell Soup Company, where she was vice president of Asia Pacific HR and public affairs. Mindy also spent nine years at Walmart, where she advanced through various senior leadership, HR, and organizational development roles. Mindy McKenzie, welcome to Engaging Leader.
1: Hi, Jesse. Thanks for having me.
0: Mindy, you weren't always a believer in unplugged vacations. What happened that changed your approach to vacations?
1: Well, when I moved to Sydney, Australia, um, I looked around and noticed um, not only the CEO of my business, but every level of employee and other companies taking two and three week vacations. They call them holidays. And they would completely unplug and not connect in at all with work. And I was like, how is that possible? And how can I get some of that? Because I've never <laughs> taken more than a one-week vacation candidly in my entire professional career.
0: And all your vacations were not unplugged; very much plugged in.
1: That's right. Always having the BlackBerry and checking in and checking voicemails and scheduling meetings and feeling like I was doing great if I might have afternoons off and um, definitely not relaxing.
0: So, at some point, while you were in Sydney, this is working with Campbell Soup Company, right? That's right. You eventually. Developed the same practice that everybody else in that culture did. Then, what happened when you came back to the States and started working for Jim Beam in Chicago? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the first summer um, that uh, my vacation was rolling around, I booked a two week vacation, which is kind of like against the unspoken rules in corporate America, <laughs> first of all. It's like too long of a, a trip. And then I uh, broke the second rule, which is I I said I was going to be completely unplugged, but what I did was I employed the three things that I learned from my Aussie colleagues, and what I um, learned from them is, number one, they always deputize someone credible. And so they pick somebody from their team or a colleague that can run their area of responsibility in their absence. Um, and it's someone that is credible to other people. This is important because the second thing they do is, is they live and die by the decisions this person makes, right? And so they completely empower the person to run their area and they communicate to everybody about how the area they department or function will operate and anticipate what issues are going to come up. And then thirdly, they communicate broadly to everybody and say, listen, this is your person. Um, This is how things are going to be handled. And I am going to unplug. And in my case in Chicago, that first summer when I went off um, on my two-week vacation, I literally put my phone in the safe. I told my boss, the CEO, I was like, here's the hotel number if somebody dies, call me. But I promise you, I am not going to be checking my email or voicemail. And he didn't believe me. And neither did the CFO. And so two weeks later, I rock up tan and happy and all blissed out. and It's 8 a.m. on a Monday morning. And I didn't even come in early um, like I usually did. And I I rock up. And they were both like, you really took a two-week vacation. We couldn't believe it. We sent you emails and called you. And and I said, well, you know, did Tom screw up while I was gone? And they're like, no. And did anybody die? No. Is, are we still making and selling spirits? Yes. Okay, so we're cool. But the best part about that, Jesse, was both of them told, said to me later that by me having the courage to go and take that break in that way, it inspired them to think it was possible for them as well. And that was really gratifying because that's the challenge is people are scared to do this because they don't see anybody else doing it
0: so the CEO and the other executives did learn from your example and started to practice that
1: right yeah I the CEO actually took like a week vacation at Christmas and um, was unplugged <laughs> the whole time which was massive for him as you know CEO of a public company and that's a huge deal
0: now- A lot of companies, some of the highest executives will take these exotic vacations and they'll be overseas and sort of by circumstance be relatively unplugged. But then none of their direct reports feel that they have the freedom to do that. Why? What's going on there?
1: Well, first of all, if you're going to wait for somebody to give you permission to take an unplugged vacation, nobody's going to give it to you. I mean, every boss loves you know, people overworking as a general rule. I personally don't. I think it's a bad practice, and I was quite different with my direct reports, expecting them to take time off. I think they're smarter, they're better. We know all the reasons why we should be doing it, but nobody's doing it. I, think, um, I do think it's a lack of courage, Jesse. I think people um, look at the boss and say, well, that's different for them. They train their boss how to treat them. And they get into bad habits. And then the other thing, I think there's a little bit of ego involved because the folks that I talk to and the executives that I work with, a lot of times they're just like, well, they almost it's almost like they believe they're indispensable. And that's a really dangerous place to be because we all know intellectually that's not true. But emotionally, we fool ourselves. And we're too important. Our clients are too important. We couldn't possibly not be with our hands fully on the business for a week or two. And I will say this very bluntly. People drop dead at work all the time. And the company doesn't stop running.
0: <laughs> right. So
1: why we think that you know something you know horrific is going to happen if we take an unplugged vacation, I don't know.
0: And those of us who've changed jobs, it's always a humbling experience when you realize that someone comes along behind you. And does quite well. (laughs) That's right. And and doesn't call you over and over again to find stuff. They are smart people too. So why can't we realize that when we when we're thinking about vacations?
1: (laughs) That's exactly right. Yep. I do also think though on this topic that there is an element of pride. Um, and it's not just the ego about being indispensable, but it's pride in work and it's commitment. And there is this belief as people build their careers that it's just kind of part of the sweat equity. There's a recent statistic, Jesse, that I heard 41% of Americans do not use all their allotted vacation time, 41%. And it's just sitting right out there. And, and like I said, we all know the reasons that why we should, And that's just using the time, let alone being unplugged while you're on vacation. Um, But I think it's time for people to get real with themselves and tell themselves the truth and get courageous and get happier because everybody complains about not having that time.
0: So now you sort of glossed over a little bit, but you say it's that unplugged vacations are definitely better. Mm -hmm. And... Talk about some of the reasons why, and and in particular, well, go ahead and share your reasons why you think an unplugged vacation is better versus one where, let's say, you think you maybe you can just get by with working one hour a day.
1: Right. Well, part of it is that there's a lot of research out there now about how much more creative we are when we take full, complete refresher breaks. And that's true on a daily basis, but it's also true um, from a regeneration uh, perspective for longer periods of time. It is very hard to step back and have any fresh perspective. Uh, an issue when you're grinding away in it and you're always kind of stuck in it. But when you step away and you stop thinking about it and you can go and you're doing other things and unstructured time and having fun and you're doing things to kind of fill your bucket up, it's amazing how when you come back, not only how much more physical energy you have, but how, how much more mental and emotional capacity and energy that you have. Uh, Because we get depleted. We're machines. I I tell executives all the time, even Ferraris need an oil change,
0: right?
1: Yes. And executives and people in the corporate world are high-performance machines. But Ferraris do need oil changes, and those oil changes require the engine to be off (laughs) and things, you know, (laughs) to be happening there. And I think unplugged vacations are the same.
0: Do you think that, um, is there like an ideal length of a vacation, one week versus two or three?
1: I think it's personal. I think I'm heavily influenced by having lived in Australia and seen the amazing and experienced the amazing benefits of two- and three-week holidays. And they do it, they work just as hard, and they, but they play harder and better, I think. And I think we could learn a lot from them. It's hard, in my opinion now, this is now expert um, view. My opinion is that you just come back happier and more refreshed um, when you've taken at least two weeks because the first few days, it takes, like, it takes me at least four or five days to get off that adrenaline rush and that yes. like e- of going like, you know, a thousand miles an hour, 24 seven. And so um, I can't just switch that off. And so when you're only gone a week, by the time you get into that bliss zone, you're packing up and getting on the airplane and coming back home.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. I've done vacations of different lengths, and usually one week. I'm just, as you said, I'm just relaxing. And when it started, when it started to think about uh, packing up and coming home, and what do I need to get, what do I need to deliver on Monday? Um, It's also when you have enough time to fully let your brain relax. It seems like sometimes, um, not sometimes, often is when people come up with the ideas that come back and end up being game changers at work. You, you, totally get more creative. You have a different perspective. You have some new experiences that really can change things up in a a big way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And businesses need more of that. They don't need more. And I say this (laughs) paunchy, tired, kind of depleted, you know, semi-engaged people. We need big ideas and we need a lot of energy. And you get that more from taking breaks.
0: Now I have experimented with the unplugged vacations, but I have to admit most of my vacations have been the work an hour or two every day, and there is this nice feeling of getting back from that kind of vacation and not having that mountain to dig out from. And I'm wondering, so if if do you have any tips for when you get back from a two week vacation. How do you make it uh, not such an overly stressful experience that sort of evaporates all the benefits of the vacation you just took?
1: Well, if you can, you want to protect the first few days that you get back, knowing that if you've been unplugged, you will have a degree more emails. Now, I would caveat that if you have deputized someone credible who's managed the critical stuff in your absence, the stuff left in your inbox is going to be... Um, less important. It's going to be the less important stuff that you would need to reprioritize anyway. But I do think it's smart to schedule time. So don't come back and be in back-to-back meetings for the first week because then you'll just, you know, you'll go right back to feeling, um, you know, depleted and and unproductive. So I do think there is discipline about how you re-enter in Um, And I also think um, that anxiety about keeping up with your inbox, um, I think we have to get comfortable with it never being cleared out. And I think we have to get comfortable with never pleasing everybody and not being accessible to everybody. And that is very hard when you're service oriented and you're customer oriented. Um, I think we need to get okay with that because it's just not possible.
0: Yeah, w- that was my next question: Is do you even go through that mountain of emails that piled up when you're gone, or do you just start clean slate and um, I don't know <laughs> even have your out of your vacation responders say I'll be gone, plug for two weeks. If it's really important, email me when I get back.
1: <laughs> right. Well, that would be super smart. And um, yeah, I am probably the world's worst when it comes to email and I have a reputation for that because I hate it um, and I'm much more if you need me text me or call me and I'll I'll get to you um, listen if you're an executive and you have an assistant and they can be going through your email while you're gone great most people don't have the benefit of having something like that um, and so I I don't I still don't believe it's It's um, helpful to be a slave to your email and having to respond to everyone. Now, when you're a junior burger, though, Jesse, you got to do that, right? You don't have the power, the ability to uh, make some of those trade-offs. I still say you should take your holiday and then come back and deal with it and face it then. I just think it's better.
0: So let's talk about when you're the leader and you've got people on your team that are going to go take a two-week vacation. Uh Uh-huh. It makes your job as a leader harder, doesn't it?
1: It depends. Um, If they are not good leaders of their teams and they don't have quality people, um, then yeah, your job is harder because you're going to have to step in and help out or their peers are going to have to. But I also think when you're a leader, if you create a culture of, of... Building a team where people are aware that the expectation is that everybody goes on vacation and that they're going to be unplugged, and that somebody's going to be helping you out and stepping in, it becomes just part of the rhythm of the way you operate the business, and it's not this kind of crazy, stress-filled thing. When I was in Australia, I observed that all the time. Very senior people and with their leaders, it was no big deal. Everybody knew, okay, somebody's going to step in and, and get appointed to run that area, and this is how we're going to organize during that time. And then the, the leader would come back, and somebody on the team would leave, and everybody just does that. And so I think some of it is just an expectation. Um, and then the other thing is you better have good people on your team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> you, you don't have quality people on your team. You're going to have more work to do as a leader regardless, let alone um, thinking about, you
0: know, people leaving on vacation. So what about when someone on your team is going to take an unplugged vacation and they come to you and ask, can they deputize you? As, so they're your direct report. Is that, that's, would, would no. you discourage that always?
1: Yeah. So, I, I mean, No, their responsibility is to develop people on their team or collegial result. I I am not taking on their job. I'm there to help the CEO and the rest of the executive team. And now clearly there are things that I will, aspects of it that I will do, but I would not encourage any of your listeners who are going to try this for the first time to start that pattern and establish that expectation because then you've just completely shot yourself in the foot. Why would you want to do that? So... Um, no, set the expectation that the people that work for you need to deputize a peer or a direct report that's credible, and if they need help in th- you know figuring out who that could be and how that could work, because clearly if I'm the boss, I want to believe and agree that that person's good enough to come to my staff meetings or handle issues or whatever. I'm going to have a voice in that and who that person is. But no way, no way. Don't start with that.
0: Okay, so don't do don't allow reverse delegation.
1: Absolutely not. I'm not big on reverse delegation at all. <laughs> I'm big on servant leadership, but I am not big on reverse delegation.
0: Absolutely. So are there any other tips to plan and take a worry-free energizing vacation? So, Do you need to, Is any rules of thumb about how far in advance to get them on the calendar and communicate them?
1: Well, the more senior you are, the more you are obligated to the annual rhythm of the business. So clearly you're not going to be scheduling your unplugged vacations when there's board meetings or executive leadership team meetings or various other important uh, moments throughout the calendar year. And for most companies, you have a view of what the next 12 months looks like anyway. So always be mindful of that. Now, there are exceptions to that. And I've had direct reports come to me and say, you know, we've got this event, we don't want to do that. Mindy, it's a really bad time for me to be gone and all that. And be like, mate, if we, if we can plan for it ahead of time, we're good. So I think the spirit is, is think about how, how to serve the business and serve your boss and make sure that's taken care of, which means that you plan far enough in ahead so that you can get plans in place, um, to set everybody up for success. And then it's no big deal. So, uh, but that is very, very important.
0: So the last thing I want to ask, specifically about vacations, is why is this chapter in a book about courage and truth-telling? What's so important about this?
1: (laughs) Because nobody does it, Jesse, and it takes a tremendous amount of courage to actually do it. And I think it's courage in two ways. Courage to tell yourself the truth, that you're not indispensable, and that you do need a break, and that you'll be better off, your family will be better off, the business will be better off if you take the needle out of your arm. (laughs) for just a period of time. And there's also courage in doing something that nobody else is doing because this is not typical in corporate America. It is difficult and there is always going to be a million excuses and reasons why it's a bad time. Not just to take a vacation, but to be completely unplugged. And so the system in which everybody's operating is so pressure-filled and expectation-filled. It does take a lot of courage to say, I'm going to do this differently. And your boss is not likely going to invite it. And so you're going to have to um, be courageous to power, to those in power, and also role model something that you're not seeing your peers do.
0: If you're a leader who's been at the organization long enough to accrue enough vacation so you almost get as much vacation as you could desire to take or if you're at an organization that doesn't really or in a role that doesn't really track your vacation is there any sort of limit where you would feel ah you're talking about a lot If you take two or three weeks in the summer and two or three weeks in the winter uh you're talking you're you're, you've gone over some line do you have any rules of thumb about how much is too much if you aren't if you don't have any restrictions imposed on you
1: I don't. I have a philosophy that you manage people by outcomes and what their role is. And that I I, I will, as a leader, paint you a picture of what I want done, but I will not tell you how. If you need help on the how I'm there for you. But I, I think that it's up to the person. And so in cultures where there's vacation isn't tracked or whatever. I think there's actually some research, and I can't remember where, that says that people actually use less time and more responsibly than in the hyper-controlled, we're tracking every minute because we don't trust the little people concept, which <laughs> I am not a fan of at all. Um, I think people are smart. They're hardworking. Most people are really well-intentioned. And, I, yeah, I, I don't get fussed about how people take their time or when just give me a heads up and let's work together so that, you know, the business is taken care of and then you go take care of yourself because I want you to go do that. Right. And when you have that spirit, it's cool. It works.
0: Well, the book again is the courage solution, the power of truth telling with your boss, peers, and team. Mackenzie, where can folks find out more about your work and tell us a little bit about what's, what other, all the types of services that you offer.
1: Sure. So they can go to my website, very simply, www.MindyMcKenzie.com. And I go out and do a ton of keynotes, Jesse. I love doing that because I love talking to the corporate tribe because I was part of it for 20 years, and now I'm serving it, Um, so it's fantastic. I also do uh, workshops um, for various functions and can come in and spend longer periods of time with groups of people, so that is the core part of what I do and what I love to do, and it's nice because I've had to eat what I cook, just like my clients, and uh, my approach is not coming from an academic um, perspective, for sure. Um, As you you know from having read the book, (laughs) I'm no academic.
0: (laughs) No, but it's a very practical, business-oriented book uh, with a a lot of just hands-on practical advice from a corporate perspective with a lot of HR savvy and and a global perspective as well. What are the topics of your workshops and keynotes?
1: So um, I do a ton of customized work, but predominantly my core keynotes are all around Uh, The idea that the only thing you can reliably change or control at any company is yourself. And then once you lock into that, so what does that mean? So in some keynotes, we might emphasize how to be a value truth teller to your boss and how to lead your boss. Uh, More effectively. That's really big. A lot of organizations like that. Some organizations really prefer in the keynotes to have a little bit of that and then how to lead yourself more effectively and take more accountability in addition to how to collaborate um, and lead your peers more effectively. Um, I also do a keynote called Even Ferraris Need an Oil Change, and that's kind (laughs) of targeted at executive um, groups because they do. um, And they don't know how to do that a lot of times. And then I do speak with women's groups and women's organizations. I'm a single parent. I've raised a a son. He's 13 um, on my own while building a career. So sometimes um, groups like that want to have me come in and speak. So the bottom line is, though, Jesse, with what I have found is that companies want their groups of leaders to be entertained, to be given some information and some practical advice. And that's what I do. And I love doing it.
0: Very cool. Well, Mindy McKenzie, thanks for joining us on Engaging Leader.
1: You're very welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, Engagers. Now we discussed the content of just a single chapter in Mindy's very practical book. Check out our show notes for the links to Mindy's website and her book, The Courage Solution. There's lots more there. You'll find the show notes for this episode at engagingleader.com forward slash 137 as in episode 137. You can always get easy access to past episodes by clicking on podcast, then engaging leader and then archive. Or you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher. This is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm that specializes in workforce communications. My colleagues and I partner with midsize and large employers to attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. Find us at AspendaleCommunications.com. Our thanks to Monica Harrison, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, James Marler, our sound engineer, Cecily Leahy, our web intern, Rick Tarrant, our announcer, and Max Brody, who composed our theme music. Until next time, remember... In the 21st century, the real movers and shakers aren't just leaders, they're engagers.